Do you think Hillary Clinton's a, a pedophile? Worse. What's worse than a pedophile? Uh, human sacrifice, child sacrifice, um, newborn babies. There's something in their blood that apparently gives them some euphoric experience. It's called that... adrenochrome. Where do they get the babies from? Haiti. <laughs> a lot of these babies are bred specifically for that purpose. What's about to be revealed is that QAnon is actually JFK Jr. This is It Happened One Year, a look back at the events big and small, famed and forgotten from 1994. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Here we are. We're doing it. Can you believe it? Again. 1994. Do we, do we start every show in the exact same way? I, yeah. I think we both say the same thing every time. I don't know what to say, you know, because the thing different? is, I don't know how to kick this off. I don't know how to get it going. Uh, listeners, let us know. Do you They're want to do going, something different? They won't. <laughs> I, feel, let us know. I feel like I throw something to the listeners, a question to the listeners every time, and no one ever answers. They don't care. They don't want to tamper with what's going on. They don't want to interfere. Ooh, is this show perfect? It's perfect. Nailed it. I think it's the butterfly effect. Somebody thinks they'll write in and try to be helpful, and it will yeah. derail this whole perfect enterprise. It's a precarious situation we find ourselves in. Next thing you know, we're just coming on the podcast crying. That's all it is. Just us just crying about oh. how things have gone wrong. We don't know what we're doing. We should do an episode like that. I think we that should. could be very effective. Yeah. I mean, I think we're in that right that mindset to just come on and break down sometimes. Yeah. There yeah. are definitely times. Yeah. We should record this like on a Thursday night after you've had a bunch of bad meetings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, I think that's probably the that's probably the answer. That's why people are not engaging. But also, I don't really know how to start it. So I feel like, you know, we come in, we, we kick it around a little bit and see where we end up. Do you think there are people who turn on our podcast every week and hear us say the exact same intro and are like, oh, I've already listened to this one? Probably. <laughs> we should, you know, so the thing was that when we talked about this, when you started an episode once and you just started with like, hello, everyone. And then you were like, well, I feel like I I've created a trend and now I have to keep doing this. And I was like, no, you should keep changing it up. But the problem yeah. is I always start the episode the same yeah. way. Because the last time I started one, I think you told me, I was like, hi, everyone, we're here to talk about X. <laughs> and you were like, no, no, like, give it a minute. Well, I, was like, I mean, your transitions, your transitions are bad because you were like, <laughs> okay, so now let's talk about the topic. <laughs> and that was it. I can't facilitate a podcast. Yeah. Not a, I'm not a no, host. You're fine. You're fine. We're going to have you run, run a show. Like, I'm going to take a week off and you're just going to do the show. Oh, no. I want that. You should not do that. I want to see what that's like. Nope. I don't know that take... this week would be the week for that because we actually have a lot to talk about this. We week. do. We yeah. do. And I assume you can't just take a week we already did and just cut you out of it and, and reshare it. I mean, we could, but there's going to be a lot of you giggling and then just jumping back in with like, uh, yeah. And then you and then continuing with the story. Yep, so, that's yeah. true. You're, you are, I'd say, a giggler on the show. <laughs> I am a giggler on the show. Yeah, but you, yeah. you're doing great. I've got a lot of giggles for the topic today. Get on with it. Yes, get on with it. The thing we came up with this week, these were all stuff from the original chart, more or less. And we've tried to figure out a way to knit all of this together. So what we've come up with is we've got a bunch of people who were born in 1994, yep. which is not a great group, really, in general. Not this group particularly, but in general, because they're not quite old enough to have really done anything all that interesting. So it tends to just be athletes. Yeah. And we do have one athlete in this group. 
I should say Joe means not a great group for the podcast. They're fine people. Oh, I, as people, I'm sure they're fine. It's just yeah. that you haven't accomplished much in a in like a world public sense, I'd say, by the time you're 27. Yes. Overall. So 27 is just not a great age for that. It's a lot of athletes. Like, but 27 is your prime. There's a lot of prime athletes born in 94. Oh, yeah. But there's not a lot of political figures. There's almost no political figures. Yep. And, you know, there's some actors and musicians and stuff, but not not the kind of group that you, we will. We've got a ton of stuff to talk about. Yeah. We Except for back. Justin Bieber, who we've already talked about. We've already covered. We can't go back and do a retrospective of many of these folks' careers because we're like, oh, they were in a couple movies. They were pretty good. Right. And that's really I, kind of the problem. I think but, he's played for the Braves for a few years. That's it. That's all I got. Well, I mean, that's the athletes. You can, there's some people. And maybe someday we will do a Joel Embiid episode. I don't know. We should. A Giannis Antetokounmpo episode. They're born in 94. But that's, you know... Because again, they've had whole, they've had not whole careers so far, but they've had good careers that you probably could talk about here in the middle of their run. But there's not any significant political figures. The youngest member of Congress was born right now, was born in 1995, and there's nobody who was born in 1994. The next, and we don't, and we don't want to talk about him because he sucks. That guy does suck. And the next, but really, the next youngest person was born in 1989. There's just not, there's a gap. So we need a couple years. 94 is just not a good year for that. And and we talk about her because she's great. I just want to create some mystery. Go look it up. <laughs> okay. See if people are now like frantically Googling who's in Congress from 95 who sucks. <laughs> sucks? Question mark. Google. <laughs> and see if that works. Alexa. <laughs> Alexa. Who's, in- <laughs> who's that sucky congressman? <laughs> and yeah, I think but- the answer probably will come back. Alexa knows. Yeah, yeah. You guys, all of you who are listening, all all of our listeners, go look this up. Come back to us and tell us whether or not you agree. And I bet that you will. And you know what? If you don't agree that he sucks, don't tell us because we don't want to talk to you. Imagine that. They like read up and I'm like, I think that guy's all right. He lies quite a bit. And you know what? He might believe in QAnon. And that brings us around to today's topic. Actually, it does. Well done. Boom. So it might occur to you, why would we possibly talk about QAnon as relates to 1994, QAnon is a very modern thing. This is something that's happening now, I guess, still happening. Those people Probably. still believe something. Yeah, they sure but do. But in 1994, it was the glimmer in no one's eye. Why would anyone think that this was a real thing? Well, yes. born in 1994 was 8chan creator Frederick Brennan. And really, without 8chan, you don't have QAnon. Like, no, you really no. need that kind of platform for this to arise. This doesn't come up on Facebook. Right. Now, 8chan was built on the back, essentially, of 4chan, uh, which are just a message. They're just image boards. And when I was a kid, I feel like image boards, were they were sort of where memes all started. But I don't remember really running into a lot of that. In, not when I was a kid, but when I was in the, in the aughts, when I was in my 20s, yeah. basically. This really wasn't something that existed, I think, much into the 90s, at least not in any sort of wide sense. No, no, no. But once you get into the aughts and you have 4chan as a thing, I think it was mostly for, not even for porn, it was like for racist, misogynistic, dark stuff, right? Just being terrible. Like the whole, the whole like point of both of these websites. I believe, and correct me if there was a big difference between 4chan and 8chan, I think this 8chan was just the next version of 4chan, but it was really just to be able to say whatever you want, no matter how terrible it is. I have periodically, not a lot, but once or twice in my life have popped over just to see what these things are like, and I can't even come up in my head with things that are as awful as what people on these sites say. It's really like the most horrifying part. Yeah. 
it's the worst part of society basically yes. ends up on this platform. Like if you have no familiarity with it, you might think like Twitter is awful and Twitter is awful, but Twitter at least has some boundaries. There's stuff that's going to get you kicked off of Twitter, or get you banned from Twitter. And yeah. Twitter actually has kind of like a hair trigger thing with stuff. Now it seemed like for years they kind of let it do whatever. And then in the last year or two, it's gotten a yeah. little more regulated. It's a little better. Yeah. And a lot of this, honestly, is probably because of QAnon. Like, that's that has sort of driven internet society in this direction. Yeah. But 4chan, I, I believe that the real distinction between 4chan and 8chan was just that 4chan wasn't going to continue down the road with the whole Gamergate thing, which was basically mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. video game enthusiasts. Yeah. Who were real sexist and 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 targeting to, women yeah yeah that was basically it they just harass women right where 8chan didn't have that restriction no so i think that's really what it came from so it was like the the place where you can say the worst stuff on the internet was like actually that's too far for even us and then someone was like actually it's not and that was 8chan right they had to go yeah. that much further and yeah. yes fred brennan created 8chan so the initial reaction might be god fred brennan kind of sucks and yeah. If you look at his history for a long time, it seems like he did. That that basically was who that guy was. Yeah. He did say that he created 8chan while he was high on mushrooms. So, but he didn't then delete it. So I can't give him the mushroom excuse. Right. I don't know. Are mushrooms he, an excuse? I've never been high on mushrooms. I guess. I mean, they're probably an excuse for some stuff. <laughs> yeah. If you, you do something kind of wacky and fun and people are like, ah, he was just on mushrooms. But no, you don't create a super racist evil message board <laughs> when you're just, and then it's just like laugh it off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry, it was the mushrooms. Yeah, blame it on the mushrooms. So I think that was like a wasn't that like an old like Usher song? I think so. Yeah, blame it on the mushrooms. Yep. Yeah. So this was his thing. And the other thing with image boards is they don't generate revenue because most service providers don't want to host them. And nobody would want to sell ads on something like that because it's so grotesque. So it's not even like you could say, well, he's just doing it for money because there's no money in it. It's just this bizarro thing about free speech but only for really awful people, I guess. He, he literally just believed that was a thing that should exist on the internet, like a place Basically. where you can say whatever you want. I right. did have a friend who, it was several years ago, so I can't remember if it was 4chan or 8chan. I feel like it was 4chan. But she told me that when she was like wanting to read bad stuff, I don't know, when she, you ever get in those moods where you really want to just like wallow in horribleness? She yeah. would go to the incel boards and Ooh. read what all the like, to get her like feminism fired up, like read what all the like misogynistic because an incel is an involuntary celibate, so a, a guy who can't get laid and is mad at women about it. And she would just like go to those boards and read them. And I was, I remember the time being like, oh god, that sounds terrible. And that was not the worst thing that you could find on those sites by a lot. Yeah. No, I mean it is a I see I whenever I get in that kind of mood, and I haven't this hasn't happened lately, but in the, like. 2019 oh, yeah. 2020 i would just go on twitter find like a democratic politician's twitter account and yes. then just go through the comments and report people and that's yes. and this was my favorite thing to do and i did this I, a lot i like, love when you got on those kicks that was so great i did everyone so you go to ilhan omar's comments they are the worst oh. people in the world and like half of it is just politics and just people being kind of jerk you know about politics and the rest of it is racist horrible nonsense and i was like no and i would just report everybody and it was it, it's a fun way to spend an hour if you got nothing else to do it makes you feel like you've adopted part of a highway and you're trying to clean it up and my part of the highway was ilhan omar's twitter account. that's why oh I my god there are not enough people to clean that up because no no yeah 
if we all spent an hour on it, there would still be way more work yeah. that we could ever get done. But I think if you're if you're still not clear the picture that we're painting with 8chan, go to Ilhan Omar's uh, Twitter comments and then multiply that by like 100. Oh, they're a thousand times worse. It's not even remotely the same thing because those people are still like their name, their account is connected to it where yeah. 8chan is all anonymous and it's yeah. all just horrifying. Yeah, all. that's a good point. I, I we didn't we hadn't mentioned that yet. But yeah, the other thing about it is that it's completely anonymous. Right. And so you, people really do just go there and say the worst things in their right. In their minds and then they find people who agree with them right. like that's the worst part about the right. the whole idea behind this yeah so the thing coming back to the eight the eight chan creation idea and why fred brennan really did this if you go back through that guy's history his life essentially he also was an active member of wizard chan which is just a site for incels like that's all that was and he left it after he lost his virginity. Now, he was really young, it seems like, when that happened. Again, he's born in 94, and he was apparently an active Wizard Chan member in 2012. So he's only 18 at that point, which is, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're really polluted with internet culture, by 18, you could be like, yeah, I'm going to join this board for virgins. Like, it just seems kind of too young to do that. I always assume yeah. incel boards are full of 35-year-olds, like, who are just angry, you know? I don't know. That's just yeah. what I picture as the group. But it seems like Fred Brennan was going in this direction, right? When he started 8chan. So again, there's a lot of darkness behind how all of this happens, yeah. right? Now, where QAnon comes into this and the whole Q thing is Q was a member of 4chan and posted on 4chan in the mid-teens, I want to say, 2014, 2015. Yeah. And, then, and then jumps to 8chan in like 2016 or 17, because I think Q was around when Trump got elected the first time. Like, this didn't rise from Trump. No. Like, no. QAnon was a thing that just sort of latched onto Trump. Right. I think it was just the, these were a converging of ideas. And basically, yeah. that's, you know, where that came from. I don't even know how much credit QAnon is really given for Trump getting elected the first time. Like, yeah. I think it's, it probably has some little reason, some some little effect. But I don't think that there's ever great credit given to the QAnon community for that's yeah. what happened there. Mostly that's still Russia and, you know. Yeah. 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 It seemed but, like when we started to hear about QAnon, it was like, oh, these people at Trump, it was like after the fact, at least in right. the, from a mainstream media perspective, like they would talk about Trump rallies and be like, oh, and there was this, there were like a f the way it, it sounded to me or the way I interpreted it was there are a few people there who are wearing shirts or have signs that indicate that they support this weird Q thing. Yeah. And, and like, that was it. It was just like a passing, like, there are lots of reasons why people support Trump. A small faction of that is people who support these crazy conspiracy theories. Right. So I don't even think that that's necessarily part of this in the same way. Like now QAnon is just tied with Trump. Like it is, yeah. and it is, it's very much this Trump community thing. Totally. I, I, I want to say like polls of Republicans have, have said, even without saying, do you believe in QAnon and stuff? Do you believe in and lists stuff from QAnon? And it's a big percentage of Republicans believe. Oh this. yeah. Uh, I don't want to get this wrong, but it's a it's a large percentage. So yeah, you know this has bled over. This is this is one one big pot of all of this stuff. Yeah. By the time you get to the later, like as 8chan is, exists for a few years and they start getting more and more into this, it seems that Fred Brennan has a change of heart. There were a couple things that happened that very much sullied the whole 8chan experience for him because apparently just like the random uh, kitty porn and Gamergate misogyny and stuff. That was okay. That was stuff that was defensible. Yeah. I don't, again, I don't want to just slam Fred Brennan. So he does seem like he might be a better guy now. Yeah. I don't exactly know 
where you can draw the line and be like, and this is when he becomes a good guy. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of it does seem to tie in with the rise of QAnon and then the overwhelming popularity of HN in, yeah. in this circle of people. Yep. Which yep. is 2016, 2017. Like yeah. right after Trump gets elected. And he ties it to a lot of the like mass shootings as well. It's like these two things happen at once. One and and so maybe we talk about just a little bit his kind of reaction to the mass shootings because I think the QAnon stuff is actually more interesting in terms of why he shifted or whatever. But you know, the the shooting they tend to point to I think is the Christchurch shooting yeah. is the one where like the shooters would post manifestos on QAnon. Other users would encourage them, and then lots of people would die on HN, yeah. And then lots of people would die. And and um, I want to say, like, the, the Christchurch was the one that was like live streamed on HN, right? I think so, yeah. It was the El Paso one, one or the other, yeah. They happen in short succession. I yeah. can't, I can't remember which one was actually live streamed. I believe the Christchurch one was at least the manifesto, if not the live stream as well, yeah. And like, fingers would kind of point to the people who created it to say, like, aren't you accountable for this? And the way that I, this is now just straight my interpretation. The way I interpret it was Fred Brennan was like, oh no, I cannot be accountable for this. This is bad. Like right. we can't have this. And, yeah, and I don't, I don't know that his thoughts have changed. And like, it's hard to judge people just based on what they might believe that you don't know if they believe it or what yeah. they might be thinking if they haven't come out and said it. And I honestly am not so well versed in Fred Brennan's opinions that I know how this has evolved. I just know that after he removes himself from 8chan, which is, again, a this is a longer story. We're skipping some stuff. But yeah. after he gets out of 8chan, which I believe was 2018, he then becomes a he was like a Christian and he got married. And it seems like some of his other personal stuff got kind of resolved as far as his the kind of lingering wizard Chan stuff, his yeah. things like that. So, which, but, but he also start, started to actually talk about the fact that 8chan isn't totally a great thing right and i think that's the that's the key to it like regardless of the changes he makes in his life he actually comes out and says there are some problems with this but the, but to go to the other what seemed to be the other component of him leaving hn is while all this QAnon stuff was going on he started to suspect that it was not like a real that it was being created in some way by people connected to hn to essentially drive traffic and drive all of the unrest and division and all of the things that come with, or the QAnon conspiracy, but also right. to drive traffic to the site. Right. Because the other thing to keep in mind here is that he didn't own 8chan. He started it and I believe he like co-owned it, but he started to partner with the Watkinses who are Ron Watkins and Jim Watkins. Yep. And he ultimately comes to believe that they took over whoever created the original QAnon account, the, the, the 4chan account, essentially. They took it over at some point during its early run on 8chan, but never said. And no one knows. Like, that's the other thing with, with yeah. the whole Q thing is nobody actually knows who Q is because, again, 8chan's anonymous. So, you know, a lot of people have been speculated as, as possibly being Q, a lot of Trump White House officials and stuff like that. But Fred Brennan seems to believe it's the Watkinses in some way or another know who he is or are basically running yeah. this account, running these pages with this stuff. Yeah. Uh, Q has changed a lot since the 2020 election. Like it's not the same thing as it used to be exactly because there were so many guarantees made that didn't come true. There was so much uh, with the postings yeah. right afterwards where they sort of refute the fact that like they're even uh, relevant anymore. Like it's, it's almost like you guys should move on with your lives. It was an odd series of postings 
And then the QAnon faithful don't know what to do because they're getting all this mixed messaging. But yeah. they seem to be so brainwashed sort of that yeah. they want to just keep believing and stuff. But there is nothing better than the news stories about QAnon people being confused about something that they thought was going to happen that's not happening. Yeah. Like the most recent was like Trump's booking speaking gigs or whatever it, for the end of 2021. And the QAnon people are really confused because they were like, I thought he was going to be reinstalled by as president by then. Right. Why would he's, he be doing that? that he's supposedly going to be reinstalled as president in August, I think. I think, yeah, that's the latest date. But it just keeps they just keep moving it because it's not going to happen. Right, right. It was supposed to originally be April, right? Yeah. And now well, I it was it's supposed off. to originally be overturned in January. I mean, there were a bunch of points where it was supposed to be overturned. Yeah. Which was what led to the insurrection, and then right. it was supposed to be—he was supposed to be reinstated. I don't—I don't even know. It was it in April. For it was like a hundred days in. There was—I think oh. there was supposed to be something. The the insurrection very much springs out of the whole QAnon thing. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows this. This isn't like surprise yeah. stuff. But like, because if you saw any part of that, which everyone did, uh, they were all. QAnon people <laughs> like, yeah. and and hardcore militia Republicans like that was yeah. what caused that right but the August thing is kind of a funny yeah it's a funny story because he uh, Trump has booked this speaking tour with Bill O'Reilly that is supposed to be taking place while he's president <laughs> so I don't even know where the August date comes from I think it's just a QAnon post or something I don't yeah. know where the so logic is up. in there but I mean they've got to string them along somehow I, I mean I think the to go back to the original point here like Fred Brennan created something to serve one purpose and it got significantly out of hand, right? Yeah. It went significantly, it went, it went very badly for him, for everyone, for the future of democracy. Yeah. And he just wanted a place to be a misogynist. He just wanted right. to give misogynists and racists a place to chat yeah. and didn't kind of think ahead that that might not be a great plan uh, right. in the world. I mean, I was always somebody who was very much of the opinion that, you know, they shouldn't be restricting stuff on the Internet, really, as far as like speech. It was a freedom of speech idea. Like I was very yeah. much like this is something you should do. Like it's good to have these different opinions. When you start to repress something, it gets like squeezed out and finds its own terrible place to, to live. Right. Yeah. Now, I didn't realize the Internet. I don't think anybody realized the Internet was going to become just this vicious, horrible thing, which is what it became like Facebook, Twitter, things like that. Yeah. You go back to MySpace. MySpace was never like that. You know what I mean? But like, it was all kids using it. It wasn't like a bunch of adults with uh, with agendas. I don't know. Yeah. It just seemed like a different time. And maybe I'm naive or maybe I just wasn't looking in the right places. But it never struck me as what Facebook very quickly became and what Twitter is. Well, I mean, I think the problem is it really does segment society into yep. echo chambers. And I know everybody says this, but there is something to the fact that there is no social reinforcement that like if you are saying that we should kill all, you know, X race of people, which you can find on HN every single race being discriminated against basically except yeah. white people because it's all white people doing it. And if you just put them with groups of people who agree with them there's going to be no reinforcement to say that's not acceptable in our right. society. And if there's no moderator, if no one shuts it down, if it just keeps going, like I think free speech matters, but not to the extent where you can post about how you're going to kill a bunch of people because of their race or religious belief and, and other people encourage you. And so then you go do it. Like exactly. it's, it's a, it's a real problem. Yeah. I mean, I think my thought process was giving people more credit than they deserve yeah. where I was like, I don't think people are going to be poisoned by what they read on the internet. I don't know why I yeah. thought that like, 
the history of the world is all around, you know, demigods who can bend the will of people to do horrible things. Like that's just what the yeah. world is. That's society in general. But yeah. I somehow didn't realize that that was where the internet would go. And I didn't think it would be that effective because I never understood where the platform would be. How are yeah. you going to be able to get this message out to these people and create this, you know, this world. And I was proved very wrong. So like I was very much a free speech first person. I thought that, you know, just in basic sense, like I, I didn't like the idea of trying to limit the way fiction was where anything was written. I thought it was all very much like it's, yeah. everything should exist. But I think the world proved me that they're too irresponsible for something like that. Well, I think the way that we're trying to segment it is you have free speech, but you don't have free hate speech. But that line is not even super clear always. Right. And so I think, I mean, there are some things that are clearly hate speech, but it's not always clear where, and when you're talking about limiting people's rights, like that is a hard line to draw. I always think about the story of like, when they, t I'm going to get some of this wrong, but they turned Twitter into an algorithm and like within what yeah. an hour, it was saying just horrible racist shit. They created, <laughs> like, it was that they created an account and they wanted the account to learn how to talk to people from other accounts and yeah it immediately goes wrong because people would talk to the account and that's how it was supposed to learn stuff yeah. some sort of ai system that they built into an account and yeah that account became super racist but people quickly. weren't like you know what kind of ice cream do you like they would say right. things that i'm not going to even try and come up no, with an example no, of because it would make no. me seem horrible but, but yeah like, people are terrible people are terrible but i so i think that that you can then make the case that hopefully what happened is Fred Brennan sees this and see, even if whatever he believes and whatever he thinks realizes HN has no good place in society, which has been his whole argument since he left yeah. the company, basically. And that QAnon is actually this destructive force yeah. of just lies and, and, and how it's actually affecting the country. And I guess the world, I, I don't know what QAnon's reaches in other countries. Yeah, it doesn't seem, it seems to be a very American centric thing, but yeah, but I mean, there is a rise kind of of super populism everywhere. And that is kind of tied to this. So, yeah. So I think that was the whole thing is that's what he comes around to eventually. And then the rest of the Fred Brennan story is still pretty wild. Like he got sued by one of the Watkinses, Jim, I think the father. I think so. Yeah. For some sort of libel, which cyber libel, which apparently is a real thing. He was living in the Philippines. Yeah. He got sued by this. And it's a very serious charge, I guess, in the Philippines, even though it sounds like nonsense here, because here... I, I don't feel like lying about somebody on the internet is going to get you thrown in jail. No. But, but Fred Brennan also has a lot of medical conditions and said, like, if he got put in jail in the Philippines, he would probably die. Like, the, yeah. their, their facilities were not going to be there to, yeah. to help him. So he fled the country and he's living, I believe, in America. Yeah. Somewhere in the East Coast now. Yeah. Um, Honestly, into those laws, because I was listening to a podcast. Uh, you can cut this if you want, but I was listening to a podcast where some like family who owned a business had like a, a an employee from like 20 years ago who was going on these sites that are like designed to identify bad stuff about people and she just went on a bunch of these sites and just said that like the two guys in the family were pedophiles and she posted it everywhere thousands and thousands and thousands of posts and they can't get it cleansed from the internet and it's like if you Google them, that's what comes up, that they're pedophiles. And they're like, well, we're not pedophiles. And you can just go and cyber slander, cyber libel is like a it's a real thing. And right. so that would actually be pretty handy. Right. That's what I mean. I don't think there's any sort of laws with teeth about something like that here. Because no. again, it's sort of I guess it's protected in some way, but 
Yeah. I don't know. It does seem kind of kind of odd. I mean, libel laws are a little tricky anyway, but if, if you're being if they're being done by journalists, journalists who are lying, it seems like there are checks and balances to that. You lose your job, you're a writer, things like that. Yeah. If you're a regular person on the street, I don't think you're going to jail for libel. That's that's a lawsuit type situation Probably at worst, not. you know. Yeah. So but that's so that's the Fred Brennan story. Is there anything else QAnon wise you wanna you wanna dig into there? I, I think I mean we covered it at a very high level, but yeah. The QAnon beliefs are wild. I don't know that we need to, people know what QAnon's about, right? I, like, I think so. The point, I think, coming back to like what we want to do in this episode is Fred Brennan, born in 1994, and shit went bad. True. So, for a while. Born in Albany, New York. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. Uh, you know a bunch of people from Albany. I do. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, but, <laughs> Not yeah. great. I mean, he he does seem like he was a pretty smart guy. He uh, he was coding when he was real young, and he was yeah. you know real into computers. And he uh, he used to do stuff for uh, Amazon Mechanical Turk, which oh M Turk, yeah, yeah. The thing Very that, like handy. you can I did it a little bit to like transcribe videos, and I I got to be able to type much quicker. Like I was already uh -huh. a pretty good typer, but I can type like a house on fire mostly because of that. Like, but he did some of that. He uh, he's he was real into fonts. I mean, you know, he seems like an okay guy. Again, he's he his some of his beliefs in the early teens were kind of bad. Yeah, no, he's I I gotta say, come down, not a great dude. Yeah, that's fair. Even if he's come around, uh, can't, not sure I can forgive him. I would like to believe that he has moved on from his uh, incel Gamergate days, but I I don't I've never read anything he said that completely repudiates that. And maybe it's out there. Again, I I don't you know I don't know the guy's biography. Just looking at his career, his chart is it's not great. There's some there's some black marks on there. Yeah. Here comes a new taste from the inventor of light beer. Introducing new light ice from Miller. The first and only ice brewed less filling beer. It's 100% ice brewed for a taste that's more of what you want. Definitely light for less of what you don't. What kind of beer is that? It's New Light Ice from Miller. The small kingdom of Babylon rose to great prominence under the leadership of a cunning Amorite king named Hammurabi. This is It Happened at Approximately the Same Time, where we're going to talk about stuff that happened around the same time. And that time is... 1792 BC. If you had to take a, a random guess when Hammurabi was, would you have come up with anything within a thousand years of when it actually took place? Well, so I don't actually have it up. So I don't, oh, I don't oh. know what year it is. Okay, so um, if you had to just guess, A, who is Hammurabi? B, when was he alive? So I do know, I know what the Hammurabi's, what Hammurabi's code was. It was like the first... It was the way of carrying yourself in a duel. I Hammurabi's code. It was his personal, no, his personal code. I confuse it with the Magna Carta, which was the first written law. But Hammurabi's code was like the first example of like societal law, where like it was like a an arm for an arm or whatever, a hand for hand. That was like Hammurabi's <laughs> that was, code. Is that what right? Is that, what is that thing we saw in that museum? I think that. See, this is why I'm confused. I think that was Hammurabi's code, where I think that's what we saw, because the Magna Carta was like much later it was like yeah. in the 13 or 1400 so it wouldn't have been written on a big piece of stone right it would have been written the on Magna Carta is on a piece of paper right yeah right yeah. and so that's why i think that's what that was and i think it was like the the magna carta was like the first example of like an actual like 
setup of government or set of laws or whatever. But Hammurabi's code was like the first time that someone said, this is how you live in our society. And there are consequences if you don't like, I I think that's what it is. I, I do remember that from history class, and I, I hope that's mostly right. But the the thing that I can't quite place is when that would have been. Mm. I think it probably had to be BC, like hundreds of years BC. It uh, 1792 BC. Holy goodness, that's way, further back than I thought. Way back, yeah. I I realized <laughs> when I just was like Hammurabi, and I like look, and I was like, wow, not a clue. Like Hammer, it's so long ago. Hammurabi doesn't have another name. Like he's not like John Hammurabi, you know, with his brother Doug. That's not a thing. He's just Hammurabi. So I assume he might be the son of Hammer or something, and he's Hammurabi. That's just the way they did things. Yeah, he was like a king. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah, something. He was some yeah. guy, and he ruled some place. I always confuse Hammurabi's code with the Rosetta Stone, <laughs> which I believe passed down actual language. Um, so, yeah, I have no idea what Hammurabi's code is. It's like, yeah. is it like the art of war? I have no idea. <laughs> no, it's not like the art of war at all. <laughs> I don't know. I have no clue. Uh, no, so. I, I do. I think it was like hand for hand. Like you steal huh. something, we chop your hand off. You do something bad, we chop your hand off. That like, doesn't seem good. What were they doing before that? You stole something and then they would literally murder you? Like, well, no. Murdered that's why, for everything. That's why they needed a code. Oh. Because up until that point, it was the same punishment for literally everything. Like, well, no, you're getting raped what... by a goat no matter what happens. <laughs> I, like... think, I think that's actually what Hammurabi's code was, is, is there's the same punishment for everything. But oh. there, was, there was no consistency to the punishment, nor were, were there clear expectations about what you could and couldn't do. Like, oh. who said you can't steal? Psh, I'm going to steal. Watch you know, me. Like... You know who probably didn't follow Hammurabi's code? The red states. <laughs> <laughs> do whatever they want. <laughs> you're not going to tell me what to do, Hammurabi. Freedom! <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. How do you institute that, which is basically a, a rock, and then pass that around in 1800 BC and anybody possibly like heeds yeah. that rock? Well, my guess is Hammurabi needed not just himself to put it forward, but this is probably also the first instance of some kind of police or army. Oh, like Hammurabi's right? minions. But yeah. like patrolling their own people. I don't know how it works otherwise, because if you don't have yeah. anyone to enforce the consequences, you're, you're up the river, up the creek without a paddle, I would say. Yeah toothless yeah 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 exactly i just i don't understand how things were passed or like how did information disseminate like there's nothing written down you know gutenberg none of the press wasn't around you know yeah so i don't know like i don't know how these things worked i think you wrote it on a stone you put in the middle of town (laughs) that's it and everybody has to go to that stone but nobody can read so then what do you do like oh was the stone just like a picture and it just shows like a guy and he's like stealing a sheep and then it equals that guy with getting his arms cut off yes and then the same guy wearing the same like hat but yeah. armless yeah so then you know oh this guy i mean cause and we, effect we we i believe we have seen hammurabi's code or the stone of it possibly. i don't remember there being drawings on it weren't they were just symbols yeah. right they were just symbols yeah yeah that was at the louvre it was yeah I think I we saw it running like, past while we were trying to find yeah, like, just sprinting we were, by and being we were like, oh my God. Find, like the, the Mona Lisa. Like, <laughs> oh, hey, Hammurabi's code. And we just kept going. Like, Screw it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought, honestly, it was either that or it was like the Contra code that like if you just knew the code, you could unlock some part of your life. Hammurabi's code. It helped that way. <laughs> It was basically like to get hidden benefits in 1792. It was Extra like the twist, the twist in the National Treasure movies. Is that Hammurabi's yeah. code? Is that- <laughs> right. That's Hammurabi's code. It's yeah. basically like a hidden, you know, secret. 
that like if you get it, ooh, you you have you know mineral rights to that mountain, like something really basic <laughs> for 1792. Yeah. Yeah. Place, extra well, I guess it's pretty good we didn't pick that year. Because that did not go very well. <laughs> Thought I'd throw in a little bonus. Give everybody a taste of what could have been. <laughs> it wasn't hard for us to pick 1994, I don't think. But we weighed a couple of other options. And I think we worked it out for the best. Yeah. It's funny how long ago those were now. the all, all of our test runs. That was uh, some time ago. Yes. Yeah. 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 I don't remember... I mean, that must have been just when we first started, like trying to record. Yeah. And we were just like goofing around. So if that yeah. sounded bad or weird or whatever, listeners, don't tell us. But the the main point of the episode, the 94 babies, I, I'm sorry, we're not finishing it in this episode. Thought we no, might. No, we had too much to say, I would say, about all of them. That yeah. it just, by the time we finished the entire episode, it, it was like, Way, 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 way too long to be one episode. Yeah. No, I uh, I, I expected that we, we could do 15 minutes on Fred Brennan and look at the length of this episode. Yeah. This did not work out. It did not. So tune in next time. Next time? These are all, I think, going to be out at the same time. <laughs> so just tune keep tuning in. A, a different episode. <laughs> just go to next. I don't know where you're listening. <laughs> However it works. <laughs> Just keep listening, even though they're different episodes. Just treat them like they're one and there keep going. There you go. Look at the playlist and tune into the next episode where we cover Courtney Stodden, another 1994 baby. Very it's, exciting. It's going to be great. Yeah. Do you want to do this? This should be a quick outro because this is the oh. quick end of this episode. Yes. All right. Well, we will see you folks on the other side. Goodbye. Well, that's new. I was trying something new. Good job. Thank you. This has been It Happened One Year. Please follow us on social media and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. That'd be great! This was a fraudulent election, but we can't play into the hands of these people. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil, I know how you feel.